The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. Um, today I have, so I, I am very grateful to say that I have listeners all over the world. I, sometimes I can't believe it. So when I say this, I'm like, who are my listeners in Japan? Who are my listeners in China? Can you reach out to me? I'm on social media at judging Megan. I would love to know who you are. This is so weird and stalkery. I'm like, and mean, meanwhile, I shouldn't be using that word for today's episode, but I'll like, I have to start it light because we're talking about a serious thing today, but I'm, I look at my, um, I'm able to look where people are listening and I'm always floored by where people live. And I'm just so grateful to you that you tune in each week and you listen to me. So I'm always, I love hearing from my listeners. So I just want to say that we've all been put here for a reason and we all deserve acceptance. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. I'm a trauma survivor from a really young age, and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD in the past few years. I've been surrounded by death and abuse much of my life. I've been dragged through the mud and have been to the point of not wanting to go on anymore. 
Through my interviews with other survivors, I've learned that there is a way out. From recovering to surviving and thriving, we all have the strength to come out the other side. You are listening to Judging Megan. This episode today, for my listeners that might be in other countries, maybe you do want to listen to this because you want to know what's going on in the United States, specifically to California. Um, but this is a very localized episode. The subject matter, though, I think is universal. It's very, very important. It's something I'm extremely passionate about. And um, my guest today, so sometimes I tell my listeners, I find people all different ways. I have this, an amazing publicist that sends me people, people apply. I don't care who you are, what your stories are, you're like live like lived on my street growing up and your name's Betty whatever whoever you are you apply to be on my show every every I say this all the time you matter your story matters keep going that's all I care about that's why I do what I do so today I'm fortunate enough to have a violent crime survivor a, an ultra runner and a social media expert um, that we are going to find a job at the end of this. So I'm going to just say that before we start. Her name is Talia Landman. I found Talia through TikTok, believe it or not. And I do find guests, like I said, all different ways. But TikTok for me, um, I find survivors of all different kinds of trauma through TikTok. I, like I say a lot, social media is terrifying. And I'm sorry, Talia, because I know that this is what you do for a living, but I have two young daughters. And um, there's really scary things about social media, but there's also incredibly amazing, fantastic things on social media for people like myself and Talia that is, you know, this survivor of this horrific attack and what she's going through right now. And her story needs to be heard. So welcome, Talia. I'm so grateful that you're on the podcast. Thank you, Megan. I'm I'm so grateful for you. And uh, you're right. With, I mean, I, I do social media as a living um, for brands and businesses and companies and whatnot. But you are right with how social media can be very overwhelming, it can be a very scary place. It could be a not so great place. But there's people like you who want to share stories and elevate voices and connect with other people. And that's what makes it um, a, a, a great, wonderful place in, in some aspects um, for me, has been a really big part in me advocating for myself and has gotten me to where I am. I mean, I don't know where I'd be right now if I was not using social media to advocate. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored to have you on. So we're going to share your story, but I'm going to tell everyone before we get into this story. So if you live in the Los Angeles area, I have lived in LA or LA. I live in the in a beach city, so a beach community. But LA is LA, so you could say anywhere from like the Deep Valley to Venice, any of uh, the beach community, South Bay. It's a large area in LA since I have moved here. So I've lived here twenty. I don't even know. I'm so old. Long time, twenty plus years, probably like twenty five years, maybe. I moved here young. Um, it was a completely different place when I moved here. Uh, I remember driving through Century City, Beverly Hills. You never saw a homeless person. If you lived by the beach or Venice or any of these areas. Yeah. I mean, there was like one or two homeless people, but now 
our area, LA has been over overtaken by this homeless crisis. And the, and I've done other episodes about this and the compassionate part of me and the empathetic part of me is like, what is happening? These people are sick. We have a mental health crisis going on in our country. I talk about this all the time. We stemming from this mental health crisis, um, these people, uh, can't get beds in hospitals because there's overcrowding. Um, our prisons, they're letting out criminals because of um, things that have been signed. And again, I hate being political because I really consider myself like more in the middle. And if not, I'm on social issues, I'm left. But when it comes to this situation, this should not be political. We have a crisis and it is not okay anymore. Our looting in our state, um, the you, you don't I don't even feel safe going to my local mall. So that's even I went to get my eyebrows done. I'm sorry, I'm on my soapbox. I promise you, Talia, I'm gonna get off in two seconds. It's all right. Um, you're speak. You're you're speak okay. Is she inside my brain, like saying exactly? I what mean, I'm I know you had me at hello, by the way, when I saw you on TikTok. But um, everyone that knows how vain I am, and by the way, if you want to check us out on YouTube, you can see my eyebrows because they look really good. Um, at least they still have good eyebrows. So I go to this this mall. I'm not going to name the mall, um, but the girl that I go to in this mall, she said, I there was an, a shooting. Okay. And there's all these young kids and they're do, like doing gang activity. And there was a shooting at this mall. There's been multiple shootings at this mall. This mall's in the South Bay. I'll say that. And she told me that her business had like her small business has been so heavily impacted by what has been happening that they are afraid that they are going to need to close their doors because people are no longer going to the mall. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just going to start there and then I'm going to ask you to share what's happening, but I will before I start. So Talia, um, happened to have a story that caught my eye because she was victimized by a homeless person. And this person, as far as I know, tried to kill you and was sentenced to prison and got out and nobody told you. So I would like to just start there and say, why is this happening? If, if anybody that's listening to this podcast has an answer for me, I'm always open to the opposite side of the story because I don't want to think that the, the people that are running my, my state are not doing anything, but it truly honestly feels that way. I mean, I, I see proof on a daily basis and so do you. So let's just start there. And that now I'm officially off my soapbox and I'm going to let you talk. You are speaking everything that I've been thinking. And I moved out here in early 2017. And so I'll just give you a little bit of a backstory, a very brief one. I, I had a boyfriend that I... I met him. I was living in Florida. My family all lives in Florida. Um, I was a journalist out there and I met a man at a music festival and we hit it off. And three months later, I left Florida, moved out to California, had no job, nowhere to, no permanent place to live. And 
I just, we were just, you know, in love with each other or so I thought he ends up being, um, a sociopath. Um, I didn't know anything about like love bombing or toxic or abusive relationships. He was way older than me. And when I moved out here, I didn't have anything. So I didn't have my bed, a couch, a dresser. I didn't have, all I had was my clothes, my dog, whatever I can fit in my, in the backseat of my, um, my Jeep include, and then also him. So, I should have left him on the side of the road and saved my printer, if anything. Um, but uh, um, when we ended, which was a very tumultuous ending, um, a really bad ending, uh, a lot of trauma happened there. Um, one of the things that happened during that time was he kicked me out of the apartment that we shared. And so I had nowhere to really live. So I was almost homeless. But um, and he also did it on a day that my job um, uh, let me go. So I no longer had proof of income. I no longer had a place to live. He needed me to get out. I paid him for one more month of rent. And then I spent my time just camping, trying to get away from him, but also trying to become comfortable in California again. And um, long story short, eventually I found roommates and I ended up rebuilding my life out here. And then I was able to move into an apartment, this one. Um, my own place. I live by myself now. And it was such a big moment for me because after living in a situation that was really, I mean, that in that apartment, I found out afterwards that everything that apartment was furnished with, with him was stolen. So for me to just even have a couch, have like this chair, have this desk, like, you know, I just, I'm like, you know, I, this is like the, how I explain it. It's like, it's such a, to, to anyone, to anyone, it's just an apartment. It's just like little bits of like little Ikea desk or something like that. But to me, it's like, this is my independence. It's my freedom. Mm -hmm. It's my, it's, it's how I've overcame such hard hardship. And this is my home now. Like I like this is my home. I worked hard to obtain this. So I didn't really know when I moved out here, the, I knew that, that, that California was very progressive. I knew that it was very like open-minded and there's, and there's so much, I mean, there's so much, so many wonderful things about living out here. I felt like I was living, I still feel this way that I'm living like 40 years into the future as compared to Florida. However, some of the policies. Can I just, can I just pit piggyback on that too? Because yeah. I need to say, I love California. It's my home. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm from Maryland. Like I'm an East coaster. Like you, that's okay, why we yeah. like each other. Um, but Cal I'm a California girl. I have two daughters. Like my husband's from here. A part of why I'm doing this podcast and why I'm so passionate to talk about on numerous episodes, our mental health crisis in LA and our homeless crisis is because I want California to come back. And mm -hmm. I don't, and again, it's a huge state. And I don't want to blame like Governor Newsom, or I don't want to put the blame on specific people, but there is, there has to be accountability yeah. before we start your story and people need to hear this. Yes. You know, yes. I mean, period. So I, I wanted to say that when you just said that and, and number two, I am so sorry that that happened to you. And, but what I'm happy about is seeing your TikTok videos, by the way, I love like your backdrop. If you watch this on YouTube, like with the plants and the greenery, it always makes me go, oh, I'm happy that you have that space. And I don't want you to lose that space. That's the worst part about it. It's like home. We have these little things and these places. Like when I was young, I had this apartment in West Hollywood on Doheny. 
and it was this like teeny tiny little like bungalow and I loved it. And it's, and even to this day, I'm an old lady. I think back to that little apartment on San Vicente, like the corner of where that Juvan, the wine shop is. I lived in that little building and it was like my favorite, one of my happiest places I ever had. So I hear what you're saying, but go on. Um, yeah, I, I love California. I love Los Angeles. I love living here in Venice. I love Venice so much, but, um, and I don't want to put blame on anyone either, but I do believe that our politicians have power mm-hmm. and they can make change happen. And the thing is that there's so much, there's so much going on that they things I, I I've noticed that things easily slip through cracks. There's there's a lack of communication. There's a lack of process between certain departments, um, and it's like if I'm not on top of the DA's office or the Department of Corrections or you know if I'm not on if I'm not making noise, mm-hmm. nothing is going to happen. Okay, That's why don't I'm, why don't we first yeah. say what exactly has happened to you so exactly, the listeners yeah. know? So you moved here, you got out of this relationship, you finally got this amazing place. You were like, "This is awesome. I'm independent." And then what happened? So, um, the year's 2019. I move in here. I'm in here for not even maybe like a month or two, and I notice there's this man in the alley camping out. He's like an encampment behind the building, um, and. Back then, back then, um, it was, you know, it, it wasn't as bad as it, as it is or it was during the pandemic or is now. But back then, you know, you would it was almost like normal to see some stuff like that. He wasn't bothering me. He wasn't bothering anyone else. But he had a, he had a girlfriend. They were fighting. And so being someone who came out of a toxic, abusive, um, he wasn't physically abusive, my ex, but he was verbally, emotionally, psychologically. And I heard those fights um, and that triggered something in my brain. So I paid attention to it mm-hmm. and I would just started to become very hyper aware of like these, this couple, this homeless couple fighting. Then I noticed that she was gone. And so then he started, he was by himself and he starts going on these like tangents he's screaming he's yelling he's shouting about wanting to kill rape beat women he's screaming like saying things like i i should have i should have fucking slapped you i should have punched you like yelling here in in the alleyway and he's clearly not well mentally um he was also very strung out like he was on drugs and so my neighbors and i would kind of like you know we would notice we wouldn't like do much about it we wouldn't like (laughs) say anything to him because we were kind of just like what's going on like this guy's just mentally ill but then when he started to escalate more um that's when things became a little scary so his escalating started right around the pandemic so now we're in 2020 the pandemic is going on and i'm working from home and i would be on a I, I ran social media for a public figure and, and he was on a podcast. Um, he had, he would be recording podcasts like how we are now, or he had his own. And so sometimes I'd be on there with him and I would have my stuff muted. But if by chance they had to talk to me about something, I would unmute and you could hear this dude screaming in the background. So it got to the point where it was like disruptive. Mm -hmm. Um, eventually he started to escalate in terms of like physical. So he would start throwing things. He was breaking things. He was smashing cameras. He threw a rock through my neighbor's window. So she moved out and then he started, and then he started throwing rocks at my dog. So my, I have a little balcony. My dog is 
Um, she's now 13 years old. She's a, she's a Labrador, um, really sweet girl. I and forgot. she just, you have a Labrador too. We met. Yeah. 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 Lab moms. I love it. Lab moms. She just loves to lay in the sun. And back yeah. then she was just diagnosed with, um, with, with cancer. And I, and you know, we were just really, like, there was a lot of stress going on the pandemic and I just wanted her to relax and she loves the sun. So she would lay out on my balcony and, and just be minding her own business. And then he started throwing, and I started hearing like, and I'm like, what is going on? And I see that he's throwing rocks at my dog. Luckily he didn't hit her, but that was when I had to say something. And then he became aware of who I was and that I live here and I live here by myself. And he started to target me. He would follow. So I run, I'm also, so I'm a runner and I would be training for a race. Back then I was mostly just running just to, just for, you know, stress. Cause there was no races going on during COVID, but he would follow me on his bicycle and yell things at me. Um, then he would you know come back to the alleyway. He'd be having, I think he, he was doing tons of drugs. He was definitely on meth. And I noticed that there are strange people's people coming through all the time, buying drugs from him. He'd be on like a tangent or just strung out and he'd be, um, if he wasn't screaming, then he was trying to climb and break into the building that he was camping out next to, or he would try to climb up onto our, like our balconies. He wasn't, it wasn't mine at first that he tried climbing on. It was someone else's, but it was during the day and we were all out there watching him freak out. And he was demonstrating that he knows how to break into our, he can, he can climb up and break into our apartments. So we called the police. Police weren't doing anything. And wait, wait, were, let me it, stop you right there. That was mm-hmm. the first time you called the police or police oh, had no. been called before. I actually called the police when he threw rocks at my dog and they never showed up. No, wait a second. Yeah. So the police never even showed up. They never showed up. No, during COVID, there was so much going on that they were yeah. just well, if it's not a mis- if it's not a felony, if no one's getting murdered, then we'll send someone by eventually. But uh, they never came, and then and this and was also the thick of COVID. And Venice, ha- Venice probably- is like a huge area where the homeless have yeah. started to go. Yeah, okay. It was probably, and this was also when Mike Bonin was in office. He was our council member for District Eleven, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and so. That was the first time I called the police. Then the, t- the set that I don't know, there's so many. I mean, I must have called the police like a hundred times. But then the other the other event that stands out to me was was that day when he started climbing on. Bal- he tried to climb up on another person's balcony. We all called the police again and the police. They they did show up, but they just like gave us like it was they didn't do anything. They were like, well, here's a here's a car. Here's a case number. But then I met my neighbors and so we were all chatting and talking and we all were like, we all had the same concerns. We we're all really fed up with this. And so we started a text thread. We, we exchanged, we exchanged numbers, started a text thread. And because I was the one who now lived the closest, cause I, like I mentioned my neighbor over here who lived the closest to him, she moved out. I was also, so being that I'm, I'm a social media person and I'm, I document everything. I was a former journalist. I'm sharing these videos of this guy flipping out on, in, on my Instagram stories. I'm sharing it and tagging different, um, different, uh, um, uh, Instagram, uh, uh in, like Instagram, uh, accounts that, that helps to kind of show the homeless problem out yeah, here. Like that, homeless like, LA, like there's a yeah, lot of different yeah. ones. Yeah. People of Los Angeles, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Santa Monica problems. Yeah. So they were sharing my stuff and they were, ta- and they were helping me get like word out about this crazy, this crazy dude. And this is not normal. I need, I need just some validation. Like this is not normal. This is not okay. I'm scared. Um, 
eventually things just transpired, got worse and worse. And then he started to escalate to a point where I was, I started to fear for my life. Mm-hmm. He became aware that I was calling the police a lot more and trying to get him removed. And so one day he comes by my balcony, I'm, I'm working. He says, you're going to get yours tonight, bitch. And I'm just like, fuck. And I didn't record it because I was in here working. So I go out there and I'm just like, what did you just say? And he he doesn't repeat himself, but I actually got video of him that day saying something like, I'm going to get sober so I can climb up there. And oh, oh there's one time where he's, he yelled a threat. You think I won't climb up there and fuck you up, bitch. Stop recording me. There was one where he said, um, I'm going to get sober so I can like fuck all you, like get, get you guys all, I don't know, kill, basically fuck all you off. I think that it's like a threat about like hurting us or killing us or something. Um, and then the police, they did arrive to talk to him again, but nothing happened. And so after that threat about my balcony, I was scared, but I was also like, you know what? This guy's a loser. Like he's just a, a freaking crackhead homeless dude. Like he's not going to do anything and he's on drugs. And so a few days went by, nothing happened. And I felt like, okay, like nothing, he's not going to, he's not going to come up here. Um, then one morning, <laughs> two o'clock in the morning, I wake up and there's a bang on my, like a, on my air conditioning unit. And I wake up and I'm just like groggy, not sure what's going on. And I go to look and see what's outside. So I flip on the light onto my balcony and I open my sliding glass door and I see this guy's face, like maybe four, two to four feet away from mine. He's, he has a hand on my balcony. He's trying to leverage himself up using my air conditioning unit. And he's screaming, you want to play bitch? I'll fucking kill you. And he's like, literally like almost in my face. I, that moment, I'll never forget it. I have PTSD from that moment. I still have nightmares about this and it's awful. And I screamed and thank God one of my neighbors was awake because I, t- I called 911. I'm like, I'm like, he's here. And so, and I saw, oh God, I saw that text thread too. So it brings back chills. Um, but, uh, my neighbor did see and verify that it was him. It was David Kroll underneath my balcony. He was there and the police showed up maybe 30 minutes later. And by then he was gone. I did not sleep for an entire week. I didn't sleep for an entire week. It was hell on earth. My body wouldn't let me sleep. I'm actually shaking right now telling the story um, because it just, it was, I was, I went to survival mode. I'm like, he's going to come back. He's going to come back. The police didn't even, I, I was like, can I get like a restraining order or something? Like there was nothing that they could do because they were not there to see it happen. And um, eventually Santa Monica problems connected me to a woman in Santa Monica who has gone through something somewhat similar. Now she uses her experience to help others. And so she helped me obtain a restraining order. There was also a morning that he followed me on his bicycle. I went out for a run just to try to clear my brain. And then he saw me and started following me. So I used that to get the restraining order. Like he's following me. He's stalking me. Um, it's a temporary restraining order. Um, I knew he was going to break it. I knew that he was not going to stay away from me. Like though he doesn't follow, he isn't, the law means nothing to him. He, it means nothing to him. Um, so one morning I'm walking Juno's it's maybe, yeah, like five days later, five or six days later after the first, the balcony attack. And, um, he, I'm told that he's in the area. He's at this, this gas station right next to my building. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk her out the, um, the main exit entrance of my apartment building. That way he doesn't see me. Well, he actually was hanging out next to my, the side entrance where I usually leave and come out of, um, And it's like almost as if he was waiting for me. And so 
I leave, walk Juno, he sees me, he comes by on his bicycle. So he breaks the temporary restraining order because he gets within a certain amount of feet from me. I take a video of that. He sees me taking the video. He then turns on his bicycle and starts coming back towards me. And as he gets closer and closer, I have my pepper spray in my hand. I tried to kind of hide behind like a bush thing, but he was coming. He saw me, he's coming for me. And he gets within, I don't know, like five feet of me. And he goes to like reach into his backpack for something and I spray him in the face. And so my neighbors were aware he was in the area. I start screaming, get away, get away. And so they came out, they saw him, they threw him away from me into the street. And that was when I called 911. And I knew that the only way for him to get arrested was for them to, was, was, was for him to be caught in the act of committing a crime. It does not matter that I had video evidence. None of that matters that the police were not there to see it in that moment. So I, we had to get him to stay there. I'm like, we have to, like, in my brain, because of I did not sleep the entire week, all I cared about was survival, and survival for me was getting this 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 guy, this, how many sons the guy, getting this creature away yeah. from me and locked up somewhere. And so I'm screaming, we have to injure him, we have to injure him, we have to keep him here, we cannot have him leave, and thank God that I pepper sprayed him in the face because got in his eyes, he couldn't see, but he was definitely on drugs, so when you're on meth or whatever the hell he was on, you don't feel anything, so... Yeah. Thank God he couldn't see. So he tries to like run away. He goes to the gas station. He grabs one of those like squeegee things you use to like wipe down your, 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 uh, your, uh, windows and your car. Yeah. And, and, um, and, uh, they police came and they caught him in the act of breaking the temporary restraining order with a weapon. What was his weapon? The squeegee thing. Like it was like a stick. Oh, so he was trying, but what, when he, he went to grab something from his backpack, do you know what that was? was going to grab? No. Okay. But that was but, scary. I mean, you were well, obviously like, first I, was just, yeah. I want to say, I, I'm floored by this because as a woman, I mean, you're a young lady, like living by yourself in COVID, COVID traumatic enough, having this like person in an alley, I would have been. Ter I'm already paranoid. I would have been terrified. And the trauma of having him do that, like his face and all that stuff, I, that I am so sorry that happened. That's so scary. But you're so smart that you did all the things that you did because I'm most really people are not, are, most women I think would have retreated or I don't know, but this makes me angry. I, I can't blame the police because they're doing their jobs. Right. But I can blame them. I can blame them because why aren't they like, why is this, why do they have this protocol that somebody has to basically be murdered or have somebody stab them or something for them to do something like why that doesn't make any sense. You think that when you call the police, you're taught from your, your childhood, you call the police, they're going to come, they're going to save the day. And that's the end of that. I don't know if this, I don't know if this is just like the Venice police department or they have it's LA. I, I don't know how that works and how I would be interested to find out. So I found out actually that, uh, I should have gotten that, that him throwing the rocks at, at my dog was, uh -huh. um, a, assault with like a deadly weapon. Um, and that should have gotten him arrested. Um, they were so they failed me so many times. And then also during this was also Black Lives Matter. So they're getting pissed because they're like, well, you know, blue lives don't matter. So why should we, you know, why should we help you out? Like there, we got some comments. Were they, were they saying that to you? Yes. Oh my God. 
Yeah. Well, we hope now you see what, how important our jobs are, like things like that. So they're trying to prove a point. Um, it was disgusting. I mean, there's so much more I can share with about, about but that. That's, but like, why would they personalize it with just you? That doesn't make any it sense. Was, it wasn't just me. It was the neighborhood, but like it, they, they don't, they just didn't care. They just like, they don't like, they just want to be bothered. They just want to do the least amount of work and they, um, they, so when, so when we were calling the police and it was like my, me and my neighbors, they would make comments like that. Um, it took me having a, another woman with me and then she actually got two random men who were walking, you know, on the, on the sidewalk that night as my building, when she and I were talking, she actually got them to stay with us. When the police came, they could verify, yes, this guy is dangerous. The police officer who wrote me the, t- the TRO, another another story, another story from another time, but he was also sexually harassing me during this time too. So I felt like I had to just put up with like this, this police officer sending me really inappropriate text messages just because he's the one who wrote me the TRO and he was driving by my apartment at night to make sure like, Oh, he's not out here. I'm, I'm going to protect you. And then it was just, it was so disgusting. There's a lot of corruption, a lot of like unethical, um, police officers. And I, and it really just opened up my eyes during that time. I'm so sorry. There's also, I need to say this as well, cause I like it to be both sides. There's also a lot of great police officers Absolutely. and, and, and I happen to live in a community where I, I know they work their asses off for us. So I do want to say that, but I do, I do understand that there are corrupt police officers, you know, and I am yeah. so sorry to hear that. That's absolutely horrific. Just like there's good people and there's bad people, absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, but you would expect that you're a young girl living by yourself. It's COVID. You have a crazy homeless person that you have a restraining order against and nobody is helping you. That's horrific. Yeah. Um, so um, after that, he got arrested. Um, I, I have, I have videos of that, that I've shared to TikTok. And in fact, those are like the most viral video videos I've posted. Um, and it took almost two years to get from when he got arrested to us going to trial two years. And within that time we had politicians, um, you know, Jackie Lacey was the old DA and then a new one came in, um, George Gasson, who used to be the district attorney, I believe, up in in Sandy, uh, not San Diego, in you uh, see San my face, right? Yeah, <laughs> go on. And yeah. um, the and then it, it was like this. So I also learned too, and I was, and this is what really pissed me off because mm-hmm. I did a lot of digging, and I realized this guy has this is not just someone who, oh, like he's you know he's just a crazy, crazy guy who just you know he committed a crime. Now he's in you know. He's having to pay the price for this one crime. No, he, this is who he is. Like he's actually a career criminal. He has felonies dating back three decades. Okay. He's been committing crimes since he was a kid in three different States, but his record, his, and just felonies alone, assault with a deadly weapon, um, possession of methamphetamine, um, possession of, uh, of, um, possession of, a of, a oh my God. Firearm. Was that one of his, one of, yeah, I think it was, yeah. Yeah. There was also kidnapping. Yeah. Um, we make threats all the time about sex trafficking. So that really scared me. There was um, domestic violence, battery. Um, yeah. Possession of a deadly weapon. Um, just, I mean, it's just, it just goes on and on and on. Stalking. It goes on and on and on and on. And it was how, just. How old is his name is David Kroll, by the way, for everybody that's living in Los Angeles. And we're going to get to. Yeah. Is David it, Kroll. 
David Fern Kroll. Yeah. How old? He's probably in his 40s. I, I'm guessing but by seeing his maybe he's younger, like, you can't tell these he's days. Like 30, I think he's like 37, 38. Okay. He looks older because he's obviously yeah. been on drugs and done yeah. all the things he has. Um but he's okay. So we're going to, I'm going to let you finish, but yeah. this is, again, I want everybody listening to know that this, you're a young lady, you live by yourself in Los Angeles. You think you're safe. You've done everything. You've been attacked restraining order. And, and, and this took two years to go to trial, two years. years. And was he out on the streets during those two years? And you were still, no, where was he? Thankfully he was locked up. So that's the only time that I, I had like any kind of peace. Okay. But also knowing that, I mean, the back and forth, the, oh, we're going to go trial this date, this date, this date, this date. Things kept, get pushed, kept getting pushed back during this time, which is just crazy to think, but like during this time, my dad died. So like my dad passed away from lung cancer in March of 2021. So he, so David Kroll got arrested August, 2020. So now we're, you know, time has gone on. It's back and forth, back and forth. My dad dies. He gets really sick. He dies. I leave a job because I want to be back in Florida with my family. And so I'm also getting these, you know, it, it's like, you know, I'm getting, I'm still getting these, these, you know, contact contacted by the, by the, the, um, you know, the district attorney on my case or some of these other people who represent the district attorney's office. Like we're going to be going to trial this state, this state. I'm like, I'm not available right now. I'm in Florida with my family. I, and, and they're like, well, if you can't be here, then, then, you know, it's going to, they're going to throw it out. Like it just was so crazy, so stressful, so traumatic, but every time they pushed it back, it was because something that he did. So it's like, they don't care about the victim. They don't care about, in fact, this system exhausts us to the point where I had no more witnesses who wanted to give testimony. And it was just, I had one, I had one neighbor show up to the trial, but two years of dragging this stuff out, not only that, but like they, um, the laws became a lot less, like he was at first facing up to 10 years mm -hmm. because there was a change in office. And then Gasson came in, the max was six. So we finally, March, 2021, my dad dies. Okay. A year later, February, 2022 was when we finally went to trial. It was trial by jury. Okay. So it wasn't even like they actually gave him a, um, a plea deal, which he didn't, he d denied. He didn't want to take it. And so we went to trial by jury. The jury could not know that this man had a previous history of a multitude of felonies and violent crimes. In fact, I moved in here in October, 2019, late October, 2019. The reason why I was not aware that this man was living back there was because he was still in prison. He actually got out of prison for, I believe it was a domestic battery um, or another violent crime. He got out of prison in early um, November of that year. And that's when I became aware of him and that he went right back to committing crimes again. So this is a pattern. This is what, this is who he is. The jury could not know that. The jury could not know anything about his past because of the laws here. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D, designed for serious allergy sufferers 
flavors, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So wait think, a second. Uh, we need to stop for a yeah. second because I I'm floored. Um, I am too. <laughs> but but I also want to say the following because I didn't want to talk over you. I'm so sorry to hear about your father. Um, that is horrific and um and the perfect storm. Yeah, I lost my dad too. I know. I'm so sorry. But I was 13, but losing your dad of cancer, I don't think it matters how old you are, but it's like this perfect storm of, are you joking? Like I'm going to lose my dad. And then I'm sitting here dealing with this violent criminal. What I don't understand is why the laws are the way that they are. So it's basically like we're protecting criminals and we're not protecting innocent victims. Who is making these laws and why are they like this? And obviously at the root of all of this is, is it money? What is going on? That is, oh my God, Megan, you are 
You're, you are. <laughs> I no, I'm serious. What I, is going yeah. on and that why is, is nothing being happening? Nothing exactly. is happening. And I don't want to, again, like, I don't, like, I'm going to say this. I, I am somebody that I am a fan. I want Karen Bass to do well. I actually saw her at a restaurant like two months ago and I'm like, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for these people, but like, let us help you. Like, I don't, and I'm going to be honest and I don't care if you're a Trump supporter, like listeners, I'm not, I want my country back. I want like people to be kind and I want people to be empathetic. And I want, um, I want Los Angeles to like thrive and I want California to thrive and I want it to be the state that it was like I addressed in the beginning and I don't want to point fingers, but when I hear what's happened to, to you and I see on it, like, you know, I didn't tell you this in the beginning and it's obviously extremely like not even a blip on the radar of what happened to you. But one day I was walking my, one of my labs, I didn't have both of them because if I had both of them, that guy, this wouldn't have happened to me, but I happened to live in the South Bay. I was walking in Manhattan beach on the wood chip trail. And I was actually in Hermosa and there was a homeless man. He got up and he started chasing me and my dog, like, I'm like, I love you, Rosie, but you're the worst watchdog on the planet. She did nothing. And I had to like jump down. We have like uh, the side of like this wall of um, ivy. So it was like kind of the ivy goes on the side and then there's another road. And I had to, I slid down this thing. And then I saw two moms pushing a stroller and they go, that homeless guy was chasing you. I was like, I know. And I called my husband crying. And I was like, I just got chased by a homeless person. What do I do? And I called the police and who knows what they did. And I will tell you though, we have a, I mean, we're not part of LA because we're in the South Bay. So it's separate, but they're on it. So if you call the cops here, they'll be on it. So I'm, we're very fortunate that way. But just hearing everything that you're saying just makes me be like, why, why is nobody listening? Why are people that are career criminals that have, are going after young, innocent girls getting away with almost killing someone? Like somebody that has to be listening to this and tell me why. And at the root of this, like I just said, is it money related? Because if it is money related, then there's blood on your hands. And mm-hmm. I have news for everybody that's listening. You can live your life do having money and, uh, and everything in this world. Like I live in a, we live in an affluent area, right? And there's two sides. So really, really rich tech people, like all the people in Venice. And then there's like the homeless, right? It seems. And then like the in-between, but there's, you can't take it with you. So if it's about money for these people that are not doing anything to protect like law abiding tax paying citizens, like please tell me why it's not worth it. It's just not look at the trauma that you've had to endure. Like, look at what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do, I do believe there's, there's some kind of monetary, something that they're gaining from allowing this to happen here. I don't know. I have to do a little more research to kind of find that stuff out, but I I do believe that. Do you think it's like who and what, and it's higher up and I'm not pointing fingers, but I just want to know why that's what I want to know. And if you could prove us wrong or prove me wrong or prove so many people 
wrong, that encounter, you know, like looting or, you know, people just walking into Target on a daily basis and stealing stuff and walking out and the Target workers just stand there with their arms folded. Like somebody tell us why or the looting. And I know that Karen Bass does have, you know, and she made a whole team and she's trying to enforce this. So there are things that they're doing, but I just want to know why. I want to know why you have to have this TikTok channel and you have to do all this stuff and you might have to leave your Naturally, home. Yeah, after you move yeah. out of my home. And it's, yeah. it's unfortunate because I'm like, you know, I've been paying to live here. I, I defended this place. I mean, I defended it with my life. Um, he doesn't pay taxes. He doesn't, you know, contribute to society. Um, it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense to me. And also he's a career criminal. So he has been going, I mean, there's no... So, and it pisses me off too. It's like, cause you know, I mentioned losing my dad. I'm like, you know, my dad lost his life. My dad was a good man. Mm-hmm. And this guy gets to breathe this, gets to breathe air on this planet. And my dad's gone. And yeah. here, I, and here I am having to cater to him. Like I have to, so I got a new job and, and, um, 20 at the end of 2021, I was so afraid to get another job because we kept this conversation kept going on with like, Oh, we're going to go to trial. We're going to go to trial, 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 trial. I'm like, well, I don't want to start a new job. And then be like, Hey, I'm so sorry. I have to go to trial for these next this next week, I don't know how long it's going to be. And then they're going to ask questions and they're going to be like, oh, are you the one being, you know, did you commit a crime? They have to explain, oh, no, I, I actually was stalked and attacked. And and I don't want to like start a new job and having to explain that. I was so afraid of having to do that. And so I did end up getting another job. And then we did go to trial a little bit like a few months later. But I'm like, you know, this is so disruptive. I'm trying to I'm trying to fight for my for my neighborhood, for myself. I'm trying to advocate for myself. This man is a violent psychopath he's a career criminal how they did not i mean i know that the records are public you can you can find this man's criminal record online um i just it doesn't make any sense to me i understand like you know with like with like a first time offense like let's say let's say a young kid you know maybe was 20 years old and was caught drinking underage i can understand like wanting to like not wanting to you know, prosecute them or hold them in a, in a holding cell or put them in prison. Some of the laws like that. Okay. Like, you know, a first time offense, but someone like David Kroll, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a felony or not. It's like this man's a career criminal. He's committing crimes, lock him away, put him away. Stop teaching them that you can do this. And then you're all you get is a slap on the wrist. Has, so, can I ask you, cause I know you've done your research on this. Um, I wanted to go back also and ask why are people not coming forward to help you anymore from your building? They're exhausted. They're exhausted and they just don't want to get involved. And they're also, so my landlord was like, do you think they're afraid? They're afraid. They're afraid. Yeah. They're afraid. Yeah. They're afraid. They're exhausted. Um, I mean, I, the, the, what I've, I mean, I had some neighbors who were very supportive whenever we had calls with Mike Bonin's office, which by the way, Bonin's terrible. Um, Wait, is Bonin like for my listeners and myself? So he is, he is part, he's the, what is his title? I don't so know. He was the district council member or he basically represented district 11. So, so he that's was, Venice. That's your yeah, whole yeah. area. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, he has since been replaced. I forgot her name, but um, he did nothing. He did nothing. It's like he's just saw on his hands. He never got is this is help. this the the man that um correct me if I'm wrong but he was trying to get housing for homeless but then the issue was 
he was by, am I wrong on this? I, I, I might be wrong. He, but, but I, I do remember hearing his name. Like, so he was taking credit for buying these buildings and like just putting homeless in them. And then of course, like you can't just put somebody that's on drugs in a building. They're going to burn down the building and paint the yeah. walls. It's a mental health. That's where it stems. You have to yeah. get, we, we need to do something about their mental health. I think that's, ha- yeah. that's been happening all over, but Bonin yeah. was, he was also known for just like not doing anything about the homeless problem in Venice. And then his okay. office actually like called in one morning because there was a homeless guy laying out front and uh-huh. they were afraid. They didn't want to like, they wanted to have him removed. So then there was a news article came out about how he does nothing to help the uh, the residents of Venice. But then like when his, um, his office has like a homeless guy just, just sleeping there, not even, not even committing a crime, not doing anything really wrong just sleeping there they're going to call the police and we need to have this man removed because we're scared um he also lived in pacific palisades so he didn't even live here in venice he lived in the palisades and he's representing venice he doesn't even know anything about what's like to live here um he he ended up retired well he said that his mental health has been affected and you know i'm not going to make any comments about that because my my mental health has been affected but he ended up um i believe he he was i think i think that he resigned or I forgot what, what it, the term was for it, but um, eventually um, we had a new person come in who's a little more with it. And she's actually trying to make, she's trying, she, she has helped with like cleaning up like some of the encampments around here, but it's still happening. I mean, I wish it would happen a lot faster, but mm-hmm. she's done a lot more probably in the last, I don't know, six or seven months than he ever did during his entire time here. But um yeah, it, it's just, um, have you been in touch with her? Are, are there ways to get to these people? We're going to freaking find ways. Yeah. My language. I'm loud, but I've been, I've been in touch. I mean, I just don't, I don't trust the, I don't trust, trust the system anymore. I don't trust this. Yeah. I don't trust these office. I don't trust our politicians. The only, so I have been contact. So I'm sorry. I keep like going off on these tangents, but no, um, know. after the sentencing, Actually, after the trial, he was found guilty. The sentencing was April 2022. Um, in the sentencing, he, they gave him the max, which was six years with credit for the two years that he already served. That So four years, that made him so angry. He gets up, he looks at me, tells me he's going to kill me when he gets out of prison. They had to detain him and escort me out of the, out of the courtroom um, for safety purposes. So the judge, a police officer in the courtroom, um, my the uh, the assistant district attorney in my case and my victim advocate yeah so you have four witnesses already to his criminal threats not to mention he also had two counts of criminal threats against him which they dropped because they were like oh well, these are just little misdemeanors we we're not going to keep these on because you know it's part of a i guess like gas on's thing is like if it's I don't know. They, they they drop misdemeanor. I don't know. I don't know. They won't they won't pile things on like the last um, DA would would have done and mm-hmm. give given us ten years. Mm-hmm. And then also didn't realize too that it's not exactly four years because you get credit for every day. It's like every day is a day and a half. So it's like they're trying to get these criminals out of there as fast as possible. So I figured I had at least until April of 2024, being that he got credit for two years served, he had four more years to serve. And I felt that, okay, he'd probably get out early for, you know, for good behavior or something. And um, good behavior. Um, And they actually let him out in June of 2023. 
So I, and I also went through all the necessary steps to be alerted. I got another restraining order that was good for five years. My neighborhood got a stay away order. That's good for 10. Um, I was, I went through the steps of being alerted if he was ever moved. So moved from one prison to another. And especially when he gets released, I was never alerted. Never so told nobody. Me. Cause I, this is a recent happening yeah. like occurrence. So nobody has ever contacted you. I want my listeners to li- hear this. This man tried to basically kill you. I mean, yeah. he was, he's, he's very, very sick. Um, and nobody told you that he got out of jail. Nobody called you. Nobody texted you. Nothing. Nobody emailed you. The system failed me. And also, so the criminal, so he threatened to kill me in the courtroom that day. They opened up another case against him for that one. It's gone. No, no, no evidence of it ever existing. I actually had, I had conversations with police officers. I'd convert, I, my DA was a witness. The the judge was a freaking witness. The, there was, there was, my victim advocate was a witness. I had witnesses and it's just gone. It's gone. Why is it gone? Like, how can they just erase it? It's it's like if you're not on top of them, if you're not like, on it with them victims are already going through so much we're the the heaviness the trauma the reliving the you just want to move past it and then you have now now you have the responsibility of having to be be on top of them to to do their jobs there is no there's so the da's office has a victim advocacy office there too there's victim advocates it's Honestly, if I, I wish I could stand with, with gas on, I want to, and I want to talk to their victim advocacy office and I want to explain to them you should not be supporting victims because I felt re victimized in that process. In fact, you know, it came with me to my first day of trial because I did not even know there was a victim advocacy program with our DA's office, Tara Newell. She's the survivor of dirty John. So, so she, so her mother's, um, her, her, her mother's, uh, he was her boyfriend, but, but we, they later realized that they actually got married, but basically, um, her he mother's, tried, he tried, he was, a, he was, it's a very famous story and they did a yeah. Bravo show about it. I watched it. Yeah. I yes. call my stepfather, the original dirty John. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, her story is insane. And, and the fact that she came to my first day of trial, you have a victim supporting, you have victims supporting victims because she gets it. She understands it. She understands what, I mean, and, and my, and my one through was not nothing like what she, I mean, she was actually physically attacked and she yeah, had to try to kill her defend herself yeah. and she, and she had to kill her attacker mm-hmm. for me. Thank God that was not, thank God, but it could have been that like, it could have escalated to that if I did not take the steps that I did, but she's there supporting me. And I'm just like, you know, you haven't, there's a, it's a victim advocacy office. What are you guys doing? Let me ask a question. I don't know if you'll know the answer to this. I wonder how many people like actually are killed or like get attacked or go through this kind of thing on a daily basis and nobody hears about it. Yeah. It happens, happens all the time. It happens so much more than, than, I mean, there's people get, I, I've heard stories of people getting attacked, getting hit, getting injured, getting like violently injured. And because, because I'm so outspoken, because I know how to use social media to advocate for myself and advocate for, for causes I care about, I can get my voice out. But there's mm-hmm. other people who are not as social media savvy and they don't know how to tell their stories, not to mention there's also. And they're also not like a brave it. badass like you are, by the way. <laughs> I hope you know that. Yeah. Because your, your legacy 
just so you know, Talia is your bravery and coming forward. And like you are, this is your purpose. And I hate that this is your purpose. I hate that you have to go through all this shit and that piece of garbage is still on the streets right now, which we'll, we're going to tell the end of it. But I want you to know, like, your story is getting out there and there's like you're you've been on the news. We have an obligation as human beings to support you and as and as um citizens of this state and where we live like we all need to stand up and say this isn't okay and if and if somebody can get to you know the DA and say please give this girl 5 minutes if anyone's listening, please just do it. Like she deserves it. Um, you know, I didn't want you to come on. So we were sitting here like bad mouthing elected officials. I really don't want to do that. I just want them to know that this is happening. And I, and I'm probably being way too Pollyanna about it. And you know, the money thing, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just want somebody to say to me, like, this can be fixed. And there's got to be somebody that can help you. So if somebody's listening to this and can get her up like a platform, where, where can people find you before we close? Cause I want to know where David is right now. Yeah. So where can, where well, can my listeners find you? If there's somebody that has connections to get to somebody, please, can you connect Talia? It's super important. So um, you can connect with me over Instagram. I am at Talia, T-A-L-I-A, E-L-I-A-N-A, at Talia Eliana. Um, I'm also on TikTok at it's underscore just underscore Talia. Um, And you can also find me on like Facebook, Talia Landman. And I, I, I'm looking at my messages and DMs pretty often. Sometimes I have to have to take breaks, but there has been a lot of support and people reaching out. But yeah, I, I need to be able to. There's a few things that I absolutely need that are really important right now. Yeah, tell tell but, my listeners, especially the job situation, right? Yes. But one thing I just also want to say before I go and even like go into that is that I the thing is that this is bigger than me. I told this to the news the news the journalist as well. Like it's, yeah, I'm advocating for myself, but like this, I could be, it could be anyone. It could be you. It could be your daughters. It could be anyone. And that's why this is so important because this is happening and this could be, this, this is, it's not, it's not okay. And it's not just about me. It's about the safety of everyone. So, Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, so the other thing too is, uh, um, so end of 2022, I lost my job. I was, um, leading social media for, um, a very popular chain of fitness studios, um, high intensity interval training fitness classes. And I was leading social media for about 55 studios across two different states. I lost my job. Um, the job market has been really tough ever since. I've been trying to find full-time work. I've been taking on contracts instead. And um, those contracts are not permanent. And sometimes like they're just like small little projects or gigs. And with me having to leave my apartment now, I mean, I've been on the full-time job search for almost a year already. So now it's getting really, now it's like a, now it's survival. Now it's like, cause I can continue living here and scraping by, but I, if I, I need to move now and I don't have, I don't have the funds to do so. I actually, I felt so cringe doing it. I felt terrible doing it. If I started to go no, fund, share money. your GoFundMe because people need, this is not 
by the way, if I thought something was a scam, I would never, ever, ever, ever share something like this. So if you do want to donate $5, $3, $1, you know, if you're a supporter of mine and you listen every week, instead of donating to me and supporting my show support, I would rather you support Talia because, um, she, she needs to get out this man just to end kind of what's going on. He's out. He's this, he's out again. He's not listening to the orders, the per, where whatever it is, like that stupid protection order, which sounds like a bunch of BS. And he's been stalking again, right? So he knows where you live. What's going, what's the latest with that? Just so my listeners know. He actually has been arrested twice since he was released from prison back in June. Okay. And he was hospitalized, right? So he, there was some, another, something else happened a few weeks ago where I'm not too sure what it is. They wouldn't tell me, but it has something to do with, I'm I'm pretty sure it was a domestic, domestic battery of some sort. He was ejected from a vehicle. I think his girlfriend probably pushed him out of the the van that he, that they were sharing because he had a van. Wait, so he's still with the girlfriend, like on and off. Is this the new girlfriend? The trial too. And she got him a defense attorney. Yeah. It's no, not, it's the same one. It's okay. abusive. And that's, I, I, under, I understand it with abusive relationships and unfortunately no, it's, a, it's a trauma bond. I talk yeah, about it all the time. Exactly. She's obviously in a trauma bond with a very yeah. sick person. She's probably pretty sick too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, he, it's terrible, but, uh, he was taken to the emergency room. Um, he was in the hospital, so he's in the hospital, he was in the hospital getting treated like, you know, a king having three meals a day, a nice warm bed, you know, getting cared for, taken care of. And then, um, his probation officer contacted me, um, a little over a week ago telling me that he actually called me, um, the week, the day before on a Thursday, I didn't answer. Cause I was, um, I, I, I can't remember what I was doing. I think I, I've been in such, I've been in trauma brain land that it's just, mm-hmm. sometimes I have to, I just shut off, um, in order for me to, to do the little work that I do have. Um, and so he calls me on Friday and tells me, well, I called you yesterday because there was a good chance that he was going to try to escape the, the hospital and try to come back to your area. And I wanted you to get out of your apartment, but luckily we found, we got him before he could leave. So he didn't, he's wearing an ankle monitor. He didn't charge it. And that's a violation of his probation. He's supposed to charge his ankle monitor so they always know where he is. Um, and he wasn't charging it. And he was trying to escape the hospital without charging it so they couldn't find him. And so luckily they they found him and they arrested him. And they he he was being held in, a, um, in jail. And the probation officer told me it could be eight days or could, oh, it could be 10 days or it could be um, 80. And I'm like, well, can you let me know if it's going to be... 80 and he's like I will let you know if it's if it's if it's only going to be 10 I'll let you know if he gets out but even then I don't trust him to to contact me and be like hey Talia I just want to let you know I have to be on top of him for that so yeah um I believe today or tomorrow is the 10th day so I have to contact the probation officer to figure this stuff out is he is he is he going to be you know released again if he is he's gonna be back here in this area and it's just really tough dealing with it because I'm also trying to li- like live a normal life. I'm having job interviews, but I'm also, you know, they're going to Google search me and they're going to see all these articles popping up and they're going to say, we don't want to deal with someone like that. No, like, don't is- say that because we're going to put the power of positivity out there. There's, there's a job, you're a smart girl. I mean, I would hire you in a second. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> if I had a job, I'd be like, Hey, Talia. Um, but you're going to find a job. This is this. But like I said, this, you are a badass, number one. And you, this is, you have to 
help other victims. Yeah. This is part of your purpose in life. And I say this all the time, like live a purpose-driven life, like do it. This is, you can help so many people. You're going to help yourself. He needs to be, I, he needs to obviously be in a mental health facility. He's obviously very, yeah. very sick. Um, he's, but gonna kill he's going to kill. He's, yeah. Like so it, we need to, we need to get this person off of the streets. However, I can involve my loud self. I will, I, you have my word on that. So if you need me to come with you or talk to somebody, I'm here. But again, can you share your, um, your GoFundMe because we want to try and get you out of that apartment because here's the thing, everyone. So you're probably wondering, this is a smart person. She has, she had a job. Why can't she just get another job? Whatever. Why can't she just, it's expensive to live in California. It's extremely expensive. And then we're living on with these other things. You can't move and get a lease signed when you are not employed. So remember mm -hmm. that. So that's part of the issue right now. So she doesn't have a full-time job. So she's going to have to put down a whole deposit on a new place to live without a full-time job. Like no landlord is going to do yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. No. So that's why we're trying to find um, her. We're going to try and support her GoFundMe. And then if you are somebody of means to hire somebody that's a badass marketing director or so you need a social media person, um, let's help Talia. Um, and then lastly, like I said, this has gone over the hour. So I apologize. I'm extremely, extremely passionate about this. I do just like Talia is, I do not want to be pointing fingers. I don't want to be like, this is about money. That was a legitimate question. I want my politicians or the politicians to do something to help innocent victims, innocent people, tax-paying citizens, and stop protecting people that are violent criminals. That's it, period. And do something to help us with our mental health crisis and our homeless mm -hmm. issue. And if you are doing that, which I believe that there are people that are doing that, and I do believe that Karen Bass is one of them. I do. Is it Barnes Bass? What, what, did I say the wrong name? Sorry. Why, why did I just get confused? It's been a long morning. Anyways, Karen Bass, I think her intentions are good. I think there's really good people with good intentions. And like we said, there's not always great people with great intentions, but we're going to try to think the best of people. So in closing, Talia, I'm here, like whatever you need. I'm, I'm not kidding when I say I'm here for you. And to my listeners, thank you for supporting. Thank you for listening. Please say your GoFundMe so we can close that way. Oh, yeah. So the it's actually linked. So if you go onto my social media, mm -hmm. Instagram or um, on or uh, TikTok, you'll see a link in there. And it's either in my link in bio or it's or the link is directly in there like it is on um, TikTok. Uh, make quickly. And then also, Talia, will you um, follow me on Judging Megan and then I'll post it in my stories. Yes. And then I'm going to repost this so that when this episode comes out this coming Tuesday, because I'm trying to get a quick turnaround, um, we, we, I'm hoping it'll be up and I'll share it again that at that time. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, California, I love you. You're my, you're my golden state. I love you so much. I just want you to get your act together, please, please. 
we we want California back, right? Yes, yes. I, I want to continue living here. I love California. I want to I want to be safe here. Yeah, we all just want to be safe. That's all we're asking. In closing, everyone be happy by making other people happy. Thank you again, Talia. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.